Hey, what's going on? This is Jeremy, the marketing director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. I'm excited to share an interview with Adam Robinson. Adam is a great marketer. He used to work at Turbo as an executive and then also over at FreightWaves. He's since departed and started his own agency called the Robinson Agency. Super impressive story. He went from zero employees just two years ago to over 12 employees today just because of the great work that he does in content marketing and content strategy. Works with a lot of great companies as well in the supply chain space such as Highway. But we get into kind of what makes good marketing and good content. And it seems with like the event or with uh, ChatGBT and things of that nature coming into play, we're going to see a lot more, as Adam mentioned, the, going back to the basics of just good marketing. So anyways, if you're a marketer, definitely worth listening to this episode. Enjoy. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, Jeremy, and thanks for having me on again uh, to the podcast. I always enjoy uh, what you have going on here and the thought leaders that you do have as guests. So thanks for being just uh, another great resource for the industry. But when we we first spoke uh, about the Robinson Agency, because I think this is actually my third time on the podcast, maybe uh, second time representing this, the Robinson Agency, two years ago is when I was on the podcast, actually. Time flies when you're having fun. We launched the agency officially in April of 2021, but it's not something I wasn't working on for a very long time. Uh, I had been focusing on it really since I left Splash Media, which was a job I had before I came into the logistics industry. It was a social media startup in 2010, focused on the B2B sector primarily. Um, but as I left that position and was headhunted by a company called Saracis, which was then purchased by Global Trans. It was a freight brokerage focused on LTL. One of the things I thought was pretty cool that the owners of Saracis allowed me to do was to get side clients in the industry that were non-competitive. And so I started, you know, beyond LTL and uh, just transportation and freight brokerage, I really started learning about things like warehousing and supply chain technology and my career progressed and I saw some success at Saracis. I went to go work at Turvo for a little bit and then worked with the team at FreightWaves before I started the agency. And, you know, you mix the pandemic in and, and just the rise of my career and, and kind of getting, you know, my face even more out there with the FreightWaves gig. Uh, the pandemic and just my history, I think it, those two things combined really bolstered the need for our services as people were, you know, at home and we both saw firsthand the logistics market and the supply chain market really explode, uh, not only in need, uh, where we even saw, you know, supply side inflation where we couldn't get goods, you know, cleared through the system fast enough, but we also just saw an explosion of VC money, an explosion of solutions, and really a need for even incumbents to look at digital marketing, primarily using content marketing as a way to make their brands stand out. So, you know, fast forward two years later, uh, the Robinson Agency now has employees, we have several clients, and we continue to grow and figure out what kind of company we are. Um, so it's been exciting to kind of, one, not do it on my own, um, to bring in some more teammates, to figure out how to scale and really start working on uh, getting our clients the best results that they can be, as they can get, and, and figure out how we can continue to up our game and our services to really fulfill the brand promise that we have as an agency to really make those supply chain and logistics companies really stand out beyond that generic vanilla 
reality that sometimes exists uh, from other service providers. Before we actually started recording, we talked a little bit about ChatGPT and AI. I'd love to get your thoughts just on, there's, I guess, a couple questions here. I guess one, like what's your thoughts overall, just like on content marketing, if it's done well, which I, I believe that you obviously like because you you do it as well for, for <laughs> other companies, but yeah. your thoughts on, on on the good side of content marketing, the bad side, and then just also like chat GPT and how that comes into play with like all this kind of generic marketing, if you will. I think what we're going to see is a return to some marketing fundamentals. And I think chat GPT and algorithms and search engines as Google continues to change its algorithm to understand AI a little bit better and how their users experience search or how they seek out information. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it really bolsters those marketing fundamentals more than ever. Who is your audience? What are their pain points? And how do you create content uh, that really makes them feel like you've thought about their challenges? Um, how do you create a content plan or a marketing strategy that puts the audience at the center of everything you do? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is um, I think what AI has really hit on, if you think about what ChatGPT really is, is it's a large language model. And for years, Google has operated in its search engines on words. And it has tried very, very hard because it has a lot of data and it's probably one of the only few places where it's already been using learning language uh, algorithms and learning language models much longer than OpenAI has. And AI, uh, Google's pretty darn smart when it comes to words. But what both of them do very well is they operate in word vectors. And essentially, that's the marriage from a simplistic term, relevance and quality. As we continue to proliferate in content marketing in general in the world, what a lot of companies have hired are some content marketing agencies that are good at the job. They check all the boxes. They do exactly what they're supposed to do. They go through the motions and they create content. And I know having come from the industry and, and talking to our clients, the experience that they had was a bit flat and anybody including AI, can riff off you know, the top five things uh, you should look out for in a freight broker. So you can go after maybe the keyword freight broker. How do you make that piece of content go beyond just the generic regurgitated stuff? You can't just look at content in a vacuum, one. You really have to start thinking again back to those fundamentals and say, what are the problems that my target audience is trying to face? And you want to create content that it doesn't mean you can't tap into tools like ChatGPT to help you get started with an idea. But at the Robinson Agency, and I think you're going to see more and more of this, you're going to have these folks who really craft and finalize the content who are, one, solid writers, because the content has to be of high quality. That's one component of Google's algorithm. Secondly, it has to be ultra relevant to that end user. There are things in the algorithm such as time on site, such as click-through rates, and those kinds of things that are nice signals to say how quality of that content you're creating is. And when you're putting together a content marketing plan, no longer can you really look at it for just SEO. You have to understand that a content content's role in a marketing plan or in your business plan, it serves a myriad of purposes. And it's really the backbone of being able to create 
a sophisticated marketing strategy. Let me create this scenario for you. Let's say you're a freight broker and you want to reach produce shippers and you have a sales and a marketing team to go about that. Well, I might have a biz dev team who makes a bunch of calls, sends out a bunch of emails, and they're trying to get appointments for my account executives who are just known as closers. And you know they're going to go ahead and take that meeting and they're going to try and get it across the finish line to get a customer. Well, have we thought about from a strategic standpoint, the foundational messaging and what emails those biz dev folks are putting together. Does it speak to the produce shipper? Does it talk to them about their challenges? Do you have customers where you've helped overcome challenges that you can show off? Do you have products and services that say, we get your problems, we get your challenges, and we've developed our entire product or service around solving those? Mm -hmm. And that has to go into your biz dev emails. It also has to go into your website. It also has to go into the content you create. It also has to rank in search engines, and it also has to be discoverable and understood and be of high quality and high relevance because... The reality is, is that your target audience, whether they are being sent information from your sales team through an email marketing program, maybe they've become aware of you and they're researching you and looking all through your content, your website, looking at your social media presence, or maybe they're in a discovery call and you have a discovery deck and the follow on with that is a sales deck and you have to keep selling them. Well, companies today, in order to really generate leads, but more importantly, walk those qualified leads through the sales process and turn it into a customer, they're going to need a bunch of content in order to do that. And they're going to have to think about, okay, if I'm a company who's looking to grow, I have a myriad of channels that I can operate in and I need to understand their purpose, what's the expectations of results and their role in this overall strategy. And so if I'm a freight broker looking to reach produce shippers, I need to be able to do a few things. One, I need to get a list of prospects. Two, I need to create a sequence of sales outreach that is in accordance with that people on that list and the messaging and the strategy that you've put together to speak to that list. So you have emails going out to that same list. Over here, I can go into places like LinkedIn or Facebook or even Google now, upload the exact same list. And I can push to those individuals, and I can see it in the advertising analytics at those companies, our information about our company. And maybe that's, again, those case studies that you've helped a customer. Maybe it's an article. Maybe it's just a straight up direct response ad that says, this is what we do. So you have email and your biz dev team going after them. You have smart advertising going after the same list. And oh yeah, we've developed content where the purpose of this content is SEO. And we want to make sure we rank for produce shipping services. We also want to make sure that we understand their challenges and that we do everything we can from a thought leadership perspective, or even a service and product marketing perspective, that they understand that if they were a customer, they know how to utilize your product or your solutions. And so it is a very challenging ask today for companies in supply chain and logistics to develop you know, an, a revenue operations program supported by marketing that allows you to stand out from your competition. And if you're hitting on a theme here, it's exactly this. Words matter, right? Google understands the use of words and you better be speaking at high quality by crafting content with experts 
and it better be relevant, again, crafting content by experts, all driven by an overarching strategic messaging that you've put together that is centered around your customer. We can no longer just talk about ourselves and we can no longer ask that we just play in one marketing channel. Just like supply chains and retailers are looking to go omni-channel in the way they deliver their products, marketing is correlated in the exact same way because we're trying to put information, we're trying to deliver information or deliver things where our audience lives and breathes. And some of them choose to live on YouTube. Some of them listen to podcasts. Some of them Google things. Some of them look at LinkedIn ads. Some of them receive emails. And some of them are completely invisible. And you will never reach them, but they know how to research. And so it really, long answer to your question there, Jeremy, but it bolsters humanity again. It brings us back to Let's think about this strategically. And there are a lot of tools to help us get there. But the role of AI really in, today, uh, in today's market is to help humans who are experts, who can think strategically and can help you reorient the way you talk about your company and use a multi or omni-channel approach to meet your audience where they are with the right messages in the right channels that they want to be reached. No, that was that was a very interesting answer. And I'm, I am curious too, because I know that you work with a lot of tech companies in the freight space. I know you work with like Highway, for example, and I think you worked at, with Parade in the past. So I'm just curious when you get like a new freight tech company, when you're, I guess, when you're learning about the product and finding out what problems they're trying to solve, how do you make sure that you're being relevant and then also hitting on all of the pain that that client might be hitting when it's like a new product and you're still learning about it and there's not much information on it. Do you just pick the brains of the salespeople or how do, how do you go about that? Or just the CEO or founder? Yeah. You know, I think you do, you, you end up working and you have to interview those founders quite a bit, but again, it kind of goes back to, and we use uh, the story brand methodology at the Robinson agency. I think it's a really good framework, particularly for supply chain technology companies. Uh, but this is where it also becomes pretty important to where you cannot really produce a content plan or a marketing strategy for a supply chain technology company equally as you would to another supply chain technology company. And let's let's talk about Highway, right? The, Highway has a very specific use case and they have two or three use cases. So when you're thinking about a technology, it's very easy to get uh, lost in, well, what do we talk about? How do we keep creating new content? And often it's in those use cases where you can focus on creating new content. But you also understand that, what is Highway? Well, Highway is a, a product that helps carrier identity. It helps verify that. It's a platform. It helps in double brokering, as an example. They're going to end up partnering, and those are natural business things. And they're going to end up getting new customers, natural business things. You know, Highway and 3PL systems. Uh, just recently partnered up. A great way to kind of bring the content plan to life is that you look at it and you go, okay, words, let's do a press release. We did that. All right, now let's get some cool thought leaders and let's talk about that press release. Let's bring it to life. And so let's use another medium format. We're going to use a LinkedIn Live and the CEO of 3PL, Cam, and maybe Michael, uh, who's the chief commercial officer, Michael Caney, or Jordan Graff, the CEO of Highway. 
They're going to come together and they're going to talk about that and bring that press release to life. What about getting five individual social clips and continuing to tease out those use cases of highway and a system, 3PL systems? We're going to put that into social and we're going to tease that out over time. And we're going to write up that LinkedIn live webinar thing and we're going to put it on the website. It's going to get registrations. And imagine if Highway over the course of a year does that two or three times a month. What you've basically done is you've, you've socialized the content plan and you've made it much more beyond that. But one of the things that we're also doing for Highway, that's just natural you know, activity that a lot of companies can do that's low-hanging content marketing fruit. Now, it takes a lot of execution and planning. In the midst of that, what we're also doing is we're saying, okay, let's weave in email marketing. What about our thought leadership? What do we have to say? What about our SEO? Is there some keywords around double brokering? Is there some keywords around carrier identity fraud? Are there, are there things that we can do? Because although Highway is a, is a fantastic piece of technology that it's able to use its natural partnerships and customers as amplifiers, as natural ways to tell the Highway solution and story, we'd be remiss if we didn't also make sure that when people Google in double brokering or Google carrier identity engine, or maybe they're used to receiving, you know, we have email lists of a new feature that we want to promote. We're going to reach the people who we can reach with that strategy. We're going to reach the people who need to be reached in more of a sales environment, but we're also going to reach people who are just looking to solve problems. And it's in that way that Highway just sort of looks more than just a startup. And I bet if you anecdotally polled the industry, their perception of Highway would be like, man, they must be spending a billion dollars in marketing. Holy crap. They aren't. And we have clients who get this anecdotal feedback all the time. The reason it looks bigger than it is, is because there's a strategy and a messaging framework that really guides us in everything that we are doing. And no matter where you go, you have this consistent look and feel because we've preordained it that way. And marketing, it's a great door opener. These days, it can be a great inbound lead generator, but it's also the tie that binds, right? Because when you put that messaging to your entire company and we're putting material in every different stakeholder's hands to utilize as they will, will in the sales process or as a way to keep customers engaged with you, everybody sort of has this ability to tell this story and they're, they're saying the most consistent story they can over and over and over again. So no matter where your customer or prospect finds you, it's an invisible sales process and they're going to do their research anyway. They're going to get a consistent story. And that's really what allows companies to stand out at the end of the day. Yeah, it's interesting too, because I feel like uh, Jordan's story specifically to him having that triumph pay experience being like the CEO and then also just coming from like a uh, financial background, know your customer. It kind of made sense, like his story, why that would like why he would have started Highway and, and this whole mess with like double brokering and whatnot. So you'd mentioned also just a second ago about StoryBrand. I think that's a really interesting book. Could you just kind of describe what you, I guess, what you got out of that book as far as like, from what I remember, it's putting like the customer at first instead of like making yourself the hero from what I remember. That's uh, right. Like, and the easiest way to really anybody grasp their, their head around it is that we remember stories. And sometimes even good stories have basic frameworks, even if they're hokey. 
But even if they're hokey, I bet we all remember them because of the framework. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Miyagi and Danielson, right? Karate Kid, you know, the wax on, wax off, that story. Well, Danielson, just like your customer, literally is a 17-year-old kid. His dad's out of the picture. They move to an all-new town. He has no friends. The movie opens up with him on the beach. He has no guidance. He has no male figure. He has nobody in his life. He's on the beach. He meets Elizabeth Shue. He's like, you know, love at first sight. But then a villain approaches, the thing that's holding him back. He's held back by his lack of confidence. He's new. He feels anxiety, right? He has all these external forces that are making our hero, Danielson, be held back. Mm -hmm. And even further, he's got a villain, right? Cobra Kai guys. They literally kick sand in his face. And through the rest of the movie is, is Danielson finding a trusted guide which is your company, and that's Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi is that father figure, helps reduce his anxiety, teaches him some wacky moves, right? But really, it's not about being wacky. It's about centering Danielson to be prepared for his moment. So Danielson's now waxing the fence. He's got a little bit of confidence. He's you know learning his way around, and Mr. Miyagi's not letting him you know get away with being idle hands as the devil's playground. And the movie literally ends with Danielson getting everything he needs to be successful in the world and kicking the Cobra Kai guy right in the face. <laughs> and the movie ends with Danielson in the red Corvette with the top down, riding out into the sunset with Elizabeth Shue. Mr. Miyagi is you, the company. Danielson is your prospect and customer. Danielson needed a few things from the expert guide, and he got it. And he literally was able to get what he wanted because he was guided by Mr. Miyagi. He one, he got confidence and he got the girl. Now, the part we can't say though, Jeremy, is 30 years later, he was on a Netflix episode and became the evil one, but that one doesn't count. Yeah, I guess for like the last couple of minutes, if, if you don't have a hard stop, um, I just wanted to ask you also, it seemed like before, like a lot of the times, like the company would be like the hero, like back in the day, like they would be like this, all the slide decks would talk about how many offices, like, you know, a software company had, like how great they were. And how much money they made and kind of all these like selfish things. But at the end of the day, going back to your point, the people only really care about like what you're solving for them specifically. And I guess that's why that whole like- That's right. Huh? That's right. And that, that relevance is the key word. You're always leading with relevance. And when you can create that connection, and that's really what relevance is, just like when you show up, you know, to a party, you don't just talk about yourself. You ask questions and get to know people because- you aren't just that guy that shows up and goes, who's that crazy guy just talking about himself? It's just not going to work anymore, particularly with the internet, particularly with options. There's so many options for various solutions out there in this industry. Mm -hmm. And so relevance becomes even more critically important. And, and I think a lot of companies today, I, I think Sonar, when I worked at FreightWaves and, and a company called Optimal Dynamics, who's a client of ours, is a very good example. These are amazing products but neither are really sort of a content plan that you would lead with SEO. You would actually think about the content plan going, you know, these are amazing products and they do amazing things. But with Optimal Dynamics, as an example, with, with reaching a asset-based enterprise carrier, a huge one, or an, a huge asset-based 3PL, you know, they're not out there Googling necessarily for what Optimal Dynamics does specifically. You know, and they're a decision intelligence engine for asset-based carriers to make decisions such as where's the best place for this driver to be 
or if I have these as much assets and I've received this trucking bid and I want to respond to it, can I use this intelligence engine to help guide me on how to optimize my driver network, including my assets and my drivers for these this specific bid? And will that give me a profitable EBITDA next year? And you know, there's thousands of data points that go into that. Um, but when it comes to marketing, just like it was at Sonar, really, it, we better, a part of our content marketing plan better be how do we teach our target audience how to get better results from things like responding to a trucking bid at scale, or what should be my tech stack to optimize my fleet, and using actual product shots to teach them with the product how to do that thing they're trying to achieve. And so product marketing is one of those areas in content marketing that allows you to show off your product without being salesy. Because all you're saying is, I know you guys are struggling with this and you want to be better. And we want to talk about that intelligently and create empathetic connection. And at the end, we also just want to let you know that we get that and we have a solution. And here's exactly what that solution does to solve your problem reach out to us for a demo. And so product marketing is one of those areas where you get rarely the opportunity to create both empathetic educational connection, but come in with the product and say, hey, I can solve that for you. You got to be thinking about, do people really know how to use my product? It's not that they don't understand they have a problem, but how do they use it so they can solve it? And what it does for the company more than anything, when you go to resell that contract, and re and retain the customer you get to retain your customers easier because they're using your product to the max and they're getting the most roi and that's the kind of thing well the, that they're going to talk to their colleagues at, at conventions and around you know circles and say you know i use optimal dynamics and here's what i get out of it and it's awesome mm -hmm. you don't want the experience that says you know i've signed up for optimal dynamics but i don't really use it i'm not really sure how to use it so i'm not sure that's not good for optimal dynamics. And so marketing can sort of help alleviate some of those business challenges by thinking a little more strategically about how the audience might interface with your product. Very interesting. Uh, there's one last question I have for you, and I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts on this. There's a couple people on LinkedIn that I follow, like in some of the messaging recently of this one gal, uh, Courtney, I can't remember her last name, lives in Austin, she was mentioning something to the effect of like, at some point, everyone at your company will be sort of a content marketer and that like people follow people, not brands. So I'm just wondering, do you think at some point, like more like marketing, like CMOs and things of that nature are going to try to make a push for like more of like an internal, I guess, overall, like kind of just more natural campaigns for to people to be engaging? Because it seems like a lot of the times, like it may be engaging while at work hours on LinkedIn was like frowned upon. But now I think that maybe like leaders are starting to see that there's some sort of value to engaging with your colleagues and, and doing other things and forwarding or moving the conversation forward on things like double brokering, for example, if there's someone talking about that on LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, people do business with people and that's still going to be true forever and ever and ever. And people love to personify brands. So why not personify the brand and be that person. It's not remiss to me that I'd be that face of the Robinson agency. Mm -hmm. You often, Jeremy, play the role of personifying 3PL systems through the podcast. And by proxy, you are a, you're making up, whether you like it or not, how people perceive the company you represent. 
Mm-hmm. And so you might as well be an active participant in that and sort of humanize the brand, right? Like Michael Caney and Jordan with Highway. Mm-hmm. Myself, I think I was that at Saracis. Other individuals like Kronar Komani at Tive or Jet McCandless at P44 or others, right? People attach to people. And I think that CMOs or CEOs or thought leaders or people in, in the company are really doing themselves a disservice by being shy. Just get out there and connect with people. That's That connection and that relevance is, again, another component, a tile in the mosaic for your company to stand out and create that connection with your audience. Thanks for sticking around to the end of that episode with Adam. I hope you found it interesting. I always find that the personification of anything is very interesting, a personification of a brand just using your brand to look at the leaders, the thought leaders, and then kind of make it more relatable to the public, which makes sense. So that's why these podcasts and live events are really good for marketing because they allow people to actually like see what the CEO is like of Highway, for example, or the CEO is like over at Adam's company. So it's just really interesting that I think we're gonna see more and more video as time goes on. But thanks for sticking around. And if you enjoyed this episode, Please do me a favor and review us on Spotify and Apple. It just helps people find the show and helps us keep going. Thanks for listening.